0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining this episode of Not Your Average Tea Time. I'm your host, Tobari, and I'm joined with Christian and Travis. It's been a while, guys. Uh, We had the first round of the divisional playoffs yesterday, and the 49ers took care of business, I think, like everybody thought they did, like they thought they would. But we had a surprise. They
1: are who we thought they are. They are
0: who we thought they were. But the Ravens (laughs) were not who we thought they were. Um, The Titans went into Baltimore and just— literally surprised everybody so let's start off with that game um Christian your boy Derek Henry I know you've been such a big fan of him like <laughs> has he been the main reason why the Titans have beat the Patriots last week and the Ravens this week
2: yeah I mean that and then the stout defense obviously uh Mike Vrabel uh, uh working with the defensive side of the football and, and then uh you know, Dean Pease, former uh, Ravens defensive coordinator, actually retired uh, in the offseason, but then once the job uh, to, to work with the Titans as defense coordinator opened up, I mean, who would have thought that was going to be such a highly sought-after position? He actually came out of retirement to take that position, and now here they are, AFC championship game. We'll see who they play next week, whether that be the uh, Kansas City Chiefs or the Houston Texans, but... Uh, you know what the Tennessee Titans have done up to this point and and the way they were able to recognize last offseason that they, they weren't totally sold on Marcus Mariota so they they decided to uh, trade for Ryan Tannehill uh, Miami is actually paying Ryan Tannehill five million of his seven million dollars that he due this season so they're only paying Ryan Tannehill two million dollars for this season Um, so being able to recognize that, okay, maybe Mariota isn't their guy. They went out and got somebody that would be able to compete for the job. Mariota obviously started, uh, the first few games, first four or five games of the season, uh, for the, uh, Tennessee Titans before the, uh, the, the coaching staff there decided to pull the plug on that project and, and move forward. And, um, obviously it's been like a Tannehill mania there in Tennessee. So credit to uh, really, the Tennessee uh, Titans coaching staff uh, for recognizing that um, you know that that could possibly be a main factor uh, this season. That being uh, having to make a change at quarterback at some point during the season, and then obviously um, you know none of this happens without Derrick Henry, the uh, the, the lead, uh, leading rusher, uh, what over 1,600 yards, 13 uh, touchdowns in the regular season, and now um, running crazy over uh, over the Ravens, over the, the, the New England Patriots, a couple uh pretty strong defensive-led teams. Um, the Patriots, at least, and then obviously the Ravens, we know they're more of an offensive attack, but still a pretty decent defense. Um, now Derrick Henry's 233 yards away from the all-time record in uh, postseason uh, rushing yards. So we'll see if uh, they get this victory uh, next week, and maybe they'll be playing in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, it's an all-team effort, but, uh, yeah, I think it all starts with... Uh, Obviously, the great job the coaching staff has done, and then obviously uh, what Derrick Henry has been able to do this season, leading the league in uh rushing, r- rushing yardage.
0: So, Travis, let's start with the coaching staff here, um, particularly the defense. Did, did you have any idea that the defense was going to be this good?
1: Um, Frank, I, I Honestly, no. I mean, they have some household names. Um, everyone can agree that Jarrell Casey is a stud. Um, And frankly, when it comes to defensive tackles, his name should be put into the mix yearly. But everyone knows he's a key integral part of that defense. But you look elsewhere on that team, and you might be hard-pressed to find anyone else who isn't a household name besides Roe Casey and Byer. Without those two, you can't really say that you can name many players in which you thought would be really good. So that being said, I don't think – I personally didn't expect him to be that good at stopping the Ravens' offense. Now, Tom Brady and the Patriots, maybe a little bit more believable because Brady doesn't have a supporting cast that he is accustomed to having. Granted, people might say that he's never really had a supporting cast, but this year in particular, he has had less than average for the Patriots. And Tom Brady is an immobile quarterback. So the game plan is much more uh, feasible to do, but the Ravens aren't multi-dimensional so i didn't expect him to be able to stop them i thought the ravens would you know do what they have done to other teams all year long so it's a surprise to me
0: yeah and so i'm not a big drill casey fan because um the jets were playing the titans one year and he punched my boy geno smith in the face and so um yeah he that drill casey is not a household name over here uh <laughs> But not on that
1: side
0: of town. Not on this side of town, but who really That wasn't did, the
2: only time Geno Smith got punched in the face.
0: I uh, wasn't going to go there. I don't know why people like to bully my man Geno Smith. He did nothing wrong, okay? Uh, but we got to talk about Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson is somebody who I think has traditionally underperformed. He's always been a little hurt, a little banged up, but he... was a first-round pick out of USC, and I think people had a lot of high expectations for him because of his body of work in college. But up until now, it really hasn't translated on the field. Anytime you did see him, he was struggling. He was not able to be that lockdown corner that that they drafted him for in the first round. But he made a couple of big plays on third and and probably one on fourth down, too, yesterday. So... Watch out for Dory Jackson. If he keeps playing like he is now, out of his mind, um, he's going to be a household name. But, Christian, let's switch to the other side of the ball here. The offense just looked so creative yesterday. Um, Kalief Browder, former Jet, um, they're tied in. I forget his name right now. He's a former Jet. Um, its He's a former Jet, or we he used to work with uh, Gase, in Miami one of the two so w- what's happening right now is that Jets Twitter is on fire because they see all of these players who Adam Gates coach going on to have the best careers of their life so Ryan Tannehill Devontae P- Parker um, King and Drake um, Khalif Browder uh, maybe not Khalif Browder but you get the point so <laughs> coaching matters coaching definitely matters and so I think that's important to say because Adam Gase finished 7-9 again f- for his career, and for this time for Jets. But the offense and Mike Vrabel, they can really coach down there in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, uh, you know, anytime you, you make it this far with, uh, you know, a, I don't know, I guess we'll call Ryan Tannehill a, a average quarterback. I mean, he, he played lights out to finish the season, but he hasn't, he hasn't done anything, you know, uh, uh, really out of the or, or uh, you know, really uh, impressive so far here to start the playoffs uh, against New England. To, uh, last night against Baltimore. I mean, uh, both games he threw so? for under 100 yards. I mean, he made some splash plays, some big plays uh, here and there, but it's not like, you know, uh he's playing out of his mind or, or you know i mean the, the way he ended the regular season you know there 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 has been a little bit of a drop off but they they haven't really been asking him to do as much either i feel like they've really been playing to their strengths and uh you know looking at this Titans offense we all know it starts with uh with Derrick Henry so so we we know they're a run first team and um that they're not trying to do anything out of the ordinary they're trying to do what they know best and what's gotten them to this point, what, what got them to finish, uh, finish the season strong. And uh, again, that, that's to, to rely on uh, Derrick Henry. Um, so, again, I mean, and then you got these receivers uh, A.J. Brown, their, their second round draft pick. Um, you mentioned some of the tight ends. John U. Smith had a really big game yesterday. Athletic uh, tight end, not the biggest guy, but a really, uh, really solid receiving piece uh, at the tight end position. Um so, again, Tajay Sharp was making some plays. So, um, you know, the, the, you know, talking about household names, these really aren't really household names, but um, the Tennessee Titans coaching staff, they know exactly how to use them and how to play to their strengths, and now here they are uh, preparing for the AFC championship game.
0: Yeah, and so the offensive, coordinator, offensive coordinator's name is Arthur Smith.
2: Mm-hmm. First year as their offense coordinator, too, as well.
0: Is it the first year? Th- yeah. What was his position for the Titans before this? Because he's been on the Titans for a while now.
2: Do you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, not off the top of my head. Maybe uh, he, he was working with the offense side of the ball, obviously. He was a position coach, but I, I can't think of exactly where. I want to say there's a chance. Uh, it's, it's all right. I almost want to say they made this change during the season to bring him up as offensive coordinator
0: we'll, we'll double back and fact check that but I know he's been on the Titans for a while because um, what ended up happening was like people were pretty high on him outside of the Titans it was like this guy is going to be good he's going to be something special in this league and I remember seeing this whole piece on him and it was like the crazy thing about him is if you didn't know you would never know but his family started the company FedEx So like they say, like you know, his company started, his family started the company FedEx. So he has rich money, rich people money. But he's always come in, put his head down. He's never acted like he had a silver spoon in his mouth. And so, and the best thing about that is like he's pretty much grinded from whatever position coach he was, and intern took all that route, and then now he's really being looked at as like one of the best offensive coordinators and young minds in the league right now they say his name was going to be hot in the nfl circles for next coaching cycle
2: yeah i got it right here his father was the founder of fedex and then uh he was the tight end coach uh for the past uh three seasons until this uh off season they named him offensive coordinator and you know just looking at like his resume uh started off as a as a uh control coach which is like in in talking of uh, you know a football staff a coaching staff that's like the the, the bottom of the bottom and now here he is offensive coordinator and as you said um, if not this offseason since uh, most of the coaching gigs are already uh, filled up uh, next year uh, especially if they have uh, similar success on the offensive side of the ball this could be a name to be uh, on the lookout for as a possible uh, head coach in the future
0: man it's crazy how much coaching matters and so I think that um, that's going to play coaching a, matters play a huge factor going forward. And so, <laughs> speaking of coaching matters, um, Christian, your boy Mike Wallace, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, then we went to Miami. <laughs> he uh, he added his boy Ryan Tannehill because I think they had some I think there was some animosity between them when they played together in Miami because he could not hit him deep at all but shortly after Tannehill hit that deep pass to Kalief Browder your boy Mike Wallace jumped on the little Twitter machine and said bro it wasn't you it was that toxic ass program <laughs> 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 but of course you know Twitter never forgets um, they were quick to reply yeah but he couldn't hit you deep to save his life and then he was like true that's true but and, uh, they say he
1: couldn't
0: do what? Ryan Tannehill couldn't hit Mike Wallace when he went deep to save his life.
1: <laughs> and he's
0: like, Mike Wallace was like, yeah, true. But it must have been the program. <laughs> and then Christian, your boy, Geno <laughs> Smith, um, also quoted the same tweet. and was like, yeah, man, it be like that sometimes. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> These programs, Having man. field day. Co- coaching matters out here. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a second here. We'll talk about the new coaches, new faces, and new different places. So, we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, let's start, finish this segment by talking about the 49ers and the Vikings. Christian, were you surprised at all about the outcome of that game?
2: No. No, I, I figured uh, I figured the Minnesota Vikings, uh, their season would end yesterday in San Francisco. Um, you know, Big fan of Mike Zimmer, and, and you know, there's some rumors that you know maybe his job is on the line, and uh, they could possibly uh, uh make a change at uh, head coaching and, and bring up Kevin Stefanski, which would uh, obviously uh mean they would cut ties with Mike Zimmer. We'll see. I don't know if that I, I believe that'll happen, um, but nonetheless, that's that's out there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought San Francisco overall was just the better overall team. This seems to uh kind of be this, uh, this seems to kind of be their year, especially now with Baltimore being bounced out. Um, so, uh, you know, again, just uh, uh, you know, almost to, to a different level, to a different extent, I mean, uh, I, I think San Francisco needs to use Jimmy Garoppolo similarly to how Tennessee has used Ryan Tannehill. Again, I mean, uh, play to the quarterback strengths, and obviously San Francisco, they're uh, more of a, a r- rushing attack. They, they have more uh, success uh, running the football more than anything else now. Uh, some receivers made some big plays uh, yesterday, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, some, This is a really young offensive group, but uh, when you look at the uh, depth that they have at uh, the running back position, whether you want to talk about Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, who they acquired in the offseason, uh, Raheem, I think his name is uh, Mostert, has really uh, mm-hmm. been, been uh, uh, playing well the second half of the season. Um, I think if and this is Kyle Shanahan, one of the better offensive minds, if not the best offensive mind in the NFL. Um, so it, it seems like again, like I said, this is kind of their year, and if they just play to their strengths and they don't, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo. Is going to lose you the game, but if if you're asking them to throw the ball maybe thirty thirty five times, um, I'm not sure that would be the smartest thing to do. And then, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, they have the best defensive line in football, and while uh, the better defense is arguably the best defense uh, in the league, so uh, <clears> this <throat> just kind of feels like it's San Francisco's year.
0: Travis, the, the the amount the the lack of offense from.
1: The Vikings surprise you at all? No. Absolutely not. You didn't. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I uh I I, I was, I've been saying since this game started that it felt like the 49ers, it was like playing college football versus high school. And the reason why I said that, it's not really a surprise the Vikings lost, is because when the Vikings played the Packers, um, week fifteen I believe when they played the Packers, they flat out got bullied. And as a Bears fan, speaking, you know, whenever we play the Vikings, their offensive of line just gets handled, and they couldn't just stop Mac. I mean, not many people can stop Mac, but the Darius Smith literally wrecked that game. And I don't know the I don't know the official number, but I'm pretty sure he had about three sacks that game. But that's only from one player. And speaking uh, from what the 49ers like to do. Um, They have great pass rushers, exceptional, and their corners can play zone. So they have, like, the perfect setup. So the fact that they could stop Dalvin Cook and fluster Kirk Cousins was no surprise. Um, I did think that it was going to be a little bit more competitive. I thought Cousins was going to swing a little bit more. And they were keeping up with the 49ers um, by halftime, but I just knew it wouldn't last.
0: Yeah, I think that one throw from Kirk Cousins, there was a little too much to the inside of Adam Thielen. I don't know if he stopped Adam Thielen stopped running the route or what happened that caused that interception. And um, Travis, your boy Richard Sherman was like,
1: "I like that." (laughs) I was gonna say, like Cousins uh, has gonna come out to bite you. You like that? And then uh, how
2: about the reemergence of Richard Sherman? Man, he's been awesome. Uh, You know, last year, obviously recovering from that uh, Achilles injury he suffered. Uh, the year prior and now this year playing at an all-pro level. I mean, he's uh, – and, again, credit to the defensive line and the, the, the linebackers, I mean, the entire defensive group. But, uh, I mean, he's he's really – he he's almost rejuvenated his career. A lot of people thought he was done. Now here he is playing at an all-pro level once again.
1: Yeah, and they're talking about that the guys legitimately now uh, returning to shut down corner form. So they were saying that Cousins said, I am going to not throw – as Sherman if I don't have to. And on that same play he threw to Sherman and he got picked off. But like you said, he just benefits from such a great setup. His defensive line gives you many opportunities. Which I'm surprised the other cornerback isn't feasting, honestly. But Sherman is just proving who he is.
0: The other cornerback they had in that struggle for a bit, they talked about that quite a bit on the broadcast. Um Name twenty three. Name is absolutely escaping me. What is his name? He got benched for uh, Mosley. Uh,
1: Witherspoon. Witherspoon. A Witherspoon, 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 yep. Witherspoon yeah.
0: That's who it was. Yeah. So apparently there was like.
2: He uh, was getting burned. Yeah.
0: like, dog, you look like burnt toast out here. Uh, so what we're going to do is. Who, uh,
1: Witherspoon or his baby around?
0: Both of them. Both of them <laughs> was getting smoked. Um, Man. But then, you know, they put in Mosley and it was like, on the broadcast, I kept saying, like, yeah. Um, next week, it'll be a real surprise if Witherspoon has his job back, because Mosley has, has just been outplaying him in every way possible. So it yep. does not make yep. sense for them to go back to Witherspoon because he's out here getting smoked.
1: Hmm. But so that's interesting. Um, and maybe this isn't the topic, but let's just say, for example, the Texans win today; they beat the Chiefs. Oh wait, no, sorry, this is the wrong conference. I was going to say, uh, imagine putting a top-end wide receiver on Sherman or someone else. Will they have a better better success than the Vikings?
2: I think he could. I mean, it's all about scheme. I mean, uh, I mean, it, and that's kind of been the thing on Richard Sherman. People go, oh, he doesn't always follow the team's number one wide receiver. He's always on one side of the field. Um, you know, he doesn't mirror receivers like a Jalen Ramsey might do or, um, you know, Darrell Vrevis used to do back in the day. Uh, you know, so I think it's all about scheme and If the 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 Forty Niners defense as as a whole continues to play the way that they have, I, I think that there's a good chance that, um, you know, that that number one receiver or that star-studded receiver could have a long day.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, Richard Sherman hears that talk too because um, he said something on I think it was on Twitter, but it, Antonio Camardi was like, "This was perfect press um, by Richard Sherman here that led to the interception." And your boy Sherman was like, but I'm just a zone receiver, apparently. So, I don't know. People, he's hearing the talk that he's (laughs) not that good, and he's trying to do whatever he can to continue this just great, great run he's been having. So, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I I, I guess I was more surprised that Kirk Cousins just looked off yesterday. Like, he was just missing throws left and right. I don't know what it was. If he was on – Different pages with wide receivers or what,
1: but he just—he didn't look like he had it yesterday. Well, if somebody it's also, Cousins has never been to that spot in the playoffs. Like he took on the Saints, and it was a big, big deal, and he did his infamous "You like that? You like that chance?" But he's never made it to that round in the playoffs, so I imagine that the pressure really builds up on him.
0: What do you think, Christian? I would
1: think, if anything, the pressure would have uh, maybe
2: toned down a little bit seeing as he got that big game out of the way he was on the road at new orleans and when the saints are playing good uh, i don't know if there's a, a tougher environment to play at than uh, in new orleans so the fact that you know uh kirk cousins and the vikings were able to go down there and escape the, with the victory in overtime I, I would have felt that maybe the uh the excitement you know the uh the, the expectation maybe would have uh, toned down a little bit for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, at least in terms of oh, he has to win this game, he has to win this game let's see if he's going to, you know, with magnifying glass right on Kirk Cousins, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean it, it seems like the Vikings only make it to the playoffs just to upset the New Orleans Saints, and then they're perfectly fine with getting
1: bounced.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's crazy, because you know, your boy Mike Thomas is on, Ken Gar Mike, was on Twitter so having a field day talking about yeah it's like him. come
2: on man yeah it's like, like dude you're tweeting while they're playing right now
0: exactly right and he yeah, like,
2: was
1: Thomas was going in
2: yeah <laughs>
0: he was just talking about yeah uh what'd he say you only have one uh, no other receiver had more than a catch uh I had seven with a broken hand or something and I don't know he was, he was just talking that stuff but
1: just it's, like last year, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's
0: all right, man. I understand you mad, but it's a, it'll be all right. I'm, I'm sure you'll see them next year in the playoffs and get bounced too. So,
1: <laughs> uh, so let me ask you guys this: If you guys, let's say hypothetically, you guys are Vikings fans, and I guess if you are a Vikings fan, now would be a good time to let the audience know. But if you were a Vikings fan. How would you feel about the progress the team made this year? Would you be upset? I mean, obviously you'd be upset the, the team lost, but the progress that you made.
0: Yeah, uh. the Vikings fans that I've seen are are happy that they got to where they got. They're saying it was a good season. Um, cause nobody expected them to beat the Saints last year, last week. So they just ran into a buzzsaw, and their saw name was um, Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially with the way the season started, I mean, uh, you know, you got Adam Thielen and, and Stefan Diggs kind of calling out Kirk Cousins after the rough start to the season that he had. Um, so, you know, it almost looked like this could have been a disastrous season, especially with the Bears starting three and one. It looked you know, that, there was still high expectation of Chicago with the Bears playing in a very tough NFC North uh, division. And, and then, you know, the Packers got off to that, that hot start like they normally do. Um, and ended up winning the division. So I think especially the way the season started, um, how last season ended for the Minnesota Vikings, and now to see where the season actually ended up at, I, I think I think they they should feel all right about their football team, especially um, seeing Dalvin cook, you know, I mean, it was the best season he's had as a pro, was able to stay relatively healthy um, most most of the season. Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, you, you got Kirk Cousins. He's going to be the quarterback there, uh, next season. You just got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, maybe bring his game to the next level if that's possible. And, uh, you know, maybe bring this offense to another level. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that their defense, while it did take a step back this season, just a little bit, mainly the defensive, the defensive backs. Um, and they dealt with a lot of injury back there as well, but, um, I think they still have a defense that can play at a championship level. They just need to get that offense to, uh, you know, like like another tier. They, they need to bring the offense up one more tier, and then they'll be, uh, you know, again one of the better teams
1: in the NFC. I agree, and I think the line. Um, if you watch the games each and every week, the line is still a problem, I and mean, they didn't know that. Um, so doing the best that they could with the offensive line that they had. Yeah, I would be pretty happy, especially considering that uh, Cousins was giving a lot of flack about, you gave this guy so much money, and now he's performing like this. So, yeah, I'd be pretty happy with it if I was a Vikings fan. Happy I could be. (laughs) But now we got, you know, Vikings fans can finally start talking about it. (laughs) Hey, somebody check out the New England
2: Patriots, man. I mean, I know they're not... Used to being bounced this early uh, in, in January, but uh, Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman arrested Saturday night in Beverly Hills, cited Ooh. for a misdemeanor vandalism after he allegedly jumped on the hood of another person's Mercedes and caused damage. So, somebody check out the New England Patriots.
1: Wow.
0: They are not okay.
2: <laughs> and that's from Adam Schefter. What is Julian wow. Edelman
0: doing?
1: You know? <laughs> All right. <Where's> mine? <laughs>
0: All right, Christian. So, I want to know your predicts your picks for the games we have going on today. Here, we got Texans at Chiefs, Seahawks at Packers. let's start off with the Texans at Chiefs. How do you see that game going?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be an uh, an offensive blowout. I mean, an offensive shootout uh, here in Chicago. They they've <laughs> they've deemed it as the son of a Mitch Bowl, son of a Mitch Bowl two point oh. Wow. I think it's the second time this season these two two teams have. Uh, On head-to-head, and obviously it's Patrick Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson, the two quarterbacks taken after Mitchell Trubisky. Um, So that's where that comes in at. But yeah, I mean, uh, both teams, you know, not they they don't have uh, great defenses. They they have names on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the Chiefs, you got Frank Clark, you got uh, Tyron Matthew, who's played at an all-pro level this season. Then you know, the Houston Texans, they got a a, a jolt to their defense last week getting J.J. Watt back ten weeks after. Uh, suffering in a uh, uh, torn pectoral muscle. So that's pretty much unheard of. And he was able to have an impact on that game against the Bills last week. Um, so I, I don't think anybody's really expecting uh, a defensive showdown. I, I think we're expecting pretty much the opposite of that. Um, but I, I got to – you know, I, I love I, I love watching me some Deshaun Watson. I know you guys are on the Deshaun Watson uh, uh, hive over there, uh, rightfully the so. <laughs> I I think the Chiefs I mean just just looking at the the roster overall and uh, looking at the team overall, the coaching staff Andy Reid, I I think that they're just the better overall team Kansas City um, I was talking about uh, tough environments to play at earlier with New Orleans, Kansas City is another one of those tough environments especially when they get playoff football down there so um, I I think it's going to be another one of those memorable uh, uh, playoff games and uh, I, I think the Chiefs uh, I'm just going to go with the the, the the team I think is better overall. I think they escaped this one with the victory.
0: I think you'll be surprised to know that we both picked the Chiefs as well. <laughs> <laughs> we, just think we both that, picked
1: the Chiefs, but I will put Ashes there and say yep, I, I'm not going to be overly surprised if the Texans pull off a win somehow.
0: Me neither. Um, because no, I,
1: I wouldn't either. I, I, I
2: totally think it could be a a, a toss-up I mean this hasn't been the it doesn't feel like it's the magical season like it was last year for Kansas City Patrick Mahomes had missed a, a few games due to injury um you know they've gone through their struggles at points in this season as well their defense is a little bit more uh better than it was last season new defense coordinator there and, and adding some pieces of the offseason but um yeah I think rookie uh, safety I brought up Tyron Matthew I think Juan Thornhill has uh, really been playing well uh now that I think about, it, though, he's actually out yeah, for the rest of the see. season with a torn ACL. But uh, um, so, so that hurts uh, Kansas City. But it, it doesn't feel like it's that same magical season as it was last year for Kansas City. I, but I, I'll just go with my gut and think that they're a the better overall team. They're they're playing at home, and uh, you know the more experienced coaching staff. I just think the the the, the, the cards aligned uh, perfectly for Kansas City. But again, um, it wouldn't shock me either to see Houston pull it out. I, I think this could certainly be one of those games where you just toss a coin heads or tails and you go with that team
0: yeah especially considering the texans and Deshaun watson went into kansas city this year already in the regular season and beat patrick mahomes and the chiefs Mm -hmm. so it's hard to beat a team twice especially when it's in the playoffs so moving on seahawks at packers how do you see that game going
2: you know, I'm trying to look at this as uh, uh, you know, unbiased and everything, but I think, <laughs> I think I could legit see the Seattle Seahawks going to Green Bay and pulling out the victory again. Um, I'm not, I don't remember exactly how you guys felt about the Packers this season, but heading into this season, I, I thought, I did not think they would be a 13 and 3 team. Uh, I thought they may have been borderline wildcard team. Instead, they obviously proved me wrong. Um, and, and it hasn't yeah, been the the same Packers team that we've seen over the years. I mean, this is – uh, they've relied on their running game. Aaron Jones, probably the offensive MVP this season. It, it's been a different approach for the Packers. Their defense has improved greatly, obviously, thanks to the Darius Smith and Preston Smith. Um, so while the Packers have proved me wrong all, all season long, uh, you know, I, I, I still – for some reason, I like this matchup for the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson going back to Wisconsin, where obviously he spent uh, one year uh, playing for the Badgers. For um, So I, I don't think the, the weather, I mean, it's supposed to be uh, a, a snowstorm uh, there uh, at Green Bay, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Marshawn Lynch and uh, what Travis Homer do with the running, uh, running attack, Robert Turbin as well. Uh, obviously, a very beat up Seahawks team, and I, I'm not sure. Again, uh, I, I'm trying to look at this as unbiased as possible, but I think Seattle can go into Green Bay and pull the upset.
0: You know, and Travis also picked the Seahawks to beat the Packers, but I think he's biased. Uh, <laughs> I picked, I picked the Packers to win because. I picked the Packers to win the north. If, if, history, if history recalls, um I just I just had a feeling that with their free agent defensive additions that the defense would much improve and Aaron Rodgers would do Aaron Rodgers things. That being said, I'm still picking Aaron Rodgers to do Aaron Rodgers things. I think it's his neighborhood. Um I think they come out <laughs> and something weird happens with the Packers though. Like they always start out really hot, score like 17 points, and then go on this dry spell for some reason. So I'm thinking it's going to be like a 21-17 to 17 game. I don't think it's going to be anything too high-flying. But you also know I'm a Russell Wilson fan, so it, it was hard for me to pick this one. But I think that home field advantage, Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback – Christian, you said it may be snowing up there or something, information I didn't have previously. I think the Packers just take this one. Aaron Jones is a monster coming out of the backfield. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, and, you know, it's – who knows, maybe Jimmy Graham will show up. It's a Jimmy Graham revenge game.
1: <laughs> oh, think, Jimmy Graham.
0: You think Brandon Bostick will be in attendance?
1: Oh, I think he'll have some row seats. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wearing a hoodie.
0: The storylines literally write
1: themselves. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you on that, though, because, again, uh, we talked about this before, too, but Rodgers is Rodgers. There's no denying that. Fantastic quarterback. Everyone wished that they had Rodgers. Maybe not everyone, but, you know. Um, But Rodgers does not have a good supporting cast this year. And he, unlike Brady he's always kind of had a sporty cast, it's been only the last two years in which he's had less than average than he's used to having. So that being said, he has Devontae Adams, yes, but I'd be hard-pressed to find another receiver, someone else who has been stepping up, or who possibly could step up in this game. Now granted, the Seahawks don't have a um, imposing defense like the 49ers do, but defense is still good enough. So I think yeah, it would be kind of a close game overall, but biased or unbiased, I just think that Seattle might have a little bit more juice to give. And, and that's where I was
2: going, Travis. I mean, looking at the you know, the supporting cast of Aaron Rodgers, I mean it is not impressive at all. I mean, Devontae Adams, great wide receiver. Um but besides that, you know, Jimmy Graham hasn't been himself since really since he played with the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh And while, you know, looking on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Seattle, again, one of these more beat-up teams. They lost Doug Baldwin due to early retirement uh, in the offseason, but they've had some guys step up. Obviously, D.K. Metcalf, second-round receiver. Um, uh, I believe he uh, last week broke the record for most receiving yards in a game by a rookie in the playoffs. Uh, So they're they're rolling with some momentum. They're coming off uh, a victory last week while the Packers had a, a week off. So that's always interesting to watch, see how the team with the week off uh, how quickly they're able to get up the pace and get things rolling, um, and then uh, you know, going back to the Packers, I mean, you know, first year head coach, we'll see how he does uh, in his first playoff game as head coach, uh, going up against a, a veteran and a uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, so again, I mean, this is uh, should be a, should be a great game, uh, but again, this is a a, a game where I could see going going either way, but. Um, I like the momentum that
0: Seattle has going into this one. You guys just have to buy me a shot when I'm right, so that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. We'll see. We'll see. We're going to wrap up this episode, though. Um, I'm looking forward to the games. It should be really entertaining, and then we'll come back and revisit our picks after that. So thank you, everybody. Before we
1: wrap up, though, I have one more thing. So... So now that we wrap up the picks here, so I just want you guys to consider this. The trajectory of the playoffs right now. So the Titans got the victory in surprising fashion, some might say. And the 49ers got their win as well. So today, let's just say the Texans beat the Chiefs. And so they have that win. That would mean the Texans will be playing the Titans, division rivals. They play each other tough throughout the year. And let's just say in the NFC, let's say the Seahawks will off a victory against the Packers. Seahawks, 49ers. Also, division rivals. I don't know if there's ever been a time which we had division rivals in the championship games. Ever. I don't know if that's ever happened. And if that does happen, it's going to be such an intense game. Such an intense well, weekend. I
2: remember, uh, I don't know if you know both AFC and NFC having two teams in the division uh, same year. But, of course, uh, last time the Bears were in the NFC championship game, Uh, that was, of course, against the Green Bay Packers, the year Packers ended up winning it all. Um, So, again, I don't know if both AFC and NFC has happened, but, uh, unfortunately, I know one instance where it did.
0: (laughs) That was the game Color broke his thumb, wasn't
2: it? Wait, what was that?
0: Was that the game Color fractured his thumb?
2: Oh, no, that was uh, that was a uh, regular season game against the Chargers. This was the game where he did get hurt. Uh, he had, like, the MCL injury that a lot of people praying. gave him crap for. Yeah, yeah, he sprained the MCL. Um, you know, people were giving him, you know, mo- uh, mo- uh, obviously we remember Maurice Jones Drew most famously uh, going after him on social media. Uh, so, Caleb Haney, that was the Caleb Haney game where he actually almost pulled the upset, but then. Uh, uh, the Caleb Haney game quickly turned into the B.J. Raji
1: game. <laughs> oh, man. Rough times.
0: Wow. He said the B.J. Raji. I was like, that was the Bears quarterback? No, no, no. That, that <laughs> dude played for the Packers. <laughs> At this point, you can just make up names for Bears quarterbacks. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds rough. Oh, yeah. Like Brandon Webb or John David II. <laughs> Marshall Goldsmith was a really, really good quarterback. <laughs>
1: DJ yeah. <laughs> oh man.
2: My favorite all of all time, Taysom Hill.
0: <laughs> Taysom Hill. That's a funny way to say Rex Grossman. All right, oh, boys. Man. Well, I'm gonna wrap this episode up here. Uh thank you all for listening to this episode of Not Your Average T Town. I'm your host Tobaria joining with the pack and uh we'll talk to you guys here shortly.